From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A report released by a U.S. House committee says backers of a proposed copper and gold mine in southwest Alaska tried to trick regulators by pretending to pursue a smaller project with the intention of expanding after the project was approved. The report focuses on the proposed Pebble Mine. A spokesperson with the Pebble Limited Partnership, which is pursuing the project, says any suggestion that Pebble tried to mislead regulators is wrong and misinformed. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in 2020 rejected a key permit authorization for the project, Pebble has appealed that decision. The report from Democratic Representative Peter DeFazio of Oregon and Grace Nepotiliano of California makes several recommendations, including environmental review process changes. Fishing regulators and the seafood industry are coming to grips with the possibility some species that have declined with climate change might not come back. It's rare for regulators to completely shut down a fishery, but they're considering doing just that in at least one instance. And warming waters are the culprit. In New England, the regulatory Atlantic State's Marine Fisheries Commission is now considering making a moratorium on shrimp fishing permanent, essentially ending the centuries-old harvest of the shrimp. It's a stark siren for several species caught by U.S. fishermen that regulators say are on the brink. Others include softshell clams, Alaskan crab, winter flounder, and Chinook salmon. The Alaska native village of Shishmaref is located on a sinking barrier island in the Chukchi Sea near the Bering Strait that separates the U.S. and Russia, where it is consistently threatened by the effects of climate change. Rising sea levels, flooding, increased erosion, and loss of protective sea ice and land have led residents of this island community to vote twice to relocate. But more than six years after the last vote, Shishmaref remains in the same place because the relocation is too costly. The tight-knit, resilient community continues to maintain their traditions and celebrate birthdays, baptisms, and graduations centered around their homes the local school, and one of the world's northernmost Lutheran churches. Juneau police closed a street Saturday morning near Costco and the Rainaway car wash to investigate a death. We spoke with Lieutenant Craig Campbell. On October 29, 2022, at about 8.18 a.m., the Juneau Police Department received a report of a deceased male outside a business in the 5400 block of Bent Court. JPD and CCFR responded and confirmed the death of a 34-year-old male Juneau resident. JPD worked with surrounding businesses to gather evidence to determine the cause of death, which was due to a gunshot. A firearm was located at the scene. JPD was able to confirm the time of death, which was occurred at about 5.59 a.m. that same morning. At this time, the death is not considered suspicious and there are no public safety concerns. Next of kin has been notified. The deceased is identified as 34-year-old John Lee Loper. During the investigation, the area of Ralph Way and Bent Court was closed for about three hours. On Sunday, Capital City Fire and Rescue were on scene on Wood Duck Avenue for a fire in a residential home. The homeowner was not at home at the time of the fire, and the adjacent neighbor of the same building was alerted by his dog of the fire and left the building. No injuries were reported, and the fire was put out. The fire marshal is investigating the cause of the fire, as well as the cost of the damage. Sea Alaska's 2022 fall distribution of $15.4 million was approved by the Sea Alaska Board of Directors Friday. The money will be distributed to shareholders on November 9th. 
urban at-large shareholders will be receiving $6.95 a share. Village left out and elder stocks are valued at $3.74 per share. In a release, the Sea Alaska board noted that funds can be impacted by market fluctuations and that they are noticing that in this year's dividend due to the decreased investment in oil, gas, and mineral development seen in Alaska. Joining Dano on Capital Chat was Ryan O'Shaughnessy, who's the executive director of Trail Mix. He summed up their work this summer. We had an awesome season. The actual trail projects we worked on was about 17. We do a lot of just annual maintenance on a lot of trails that don't even track in that number, a lot of brushing. But some of our bigger projects that we're, we're really proud of, we did a lot of work on the Perseverance Trail. I'm sure people saw our crews up there doing some, um, some stream bank restoration and uh, a lot of tread work. Uh, we did a ton of work on the Point Bridget Trail. Very recently, we were in here talking about the Ock New Trail and improving that trail up to the John Muir Cabin. Mark Bush, Trail Mix Board President, said their live auction is coming back in person. Been surviving and doing it virtually, but this year we're gonna have our auction in person. It'll be uh, Saturday, November 19th at Centennial Hall. The doors will open at 6 p.m. Really excited about that. Tickets can be found online at our trailmix.org.inc website. Um, we have kind of a hand bid system this year, which we've used in the past, which we're really going to take further this year. We're really just excited to be back. A big part of this is just getting all of the community back together and showing our membership, you know, how much it means to be a member and supportive of Trail Mix. O'Shaughnessy said that you can preview the items that will be up for bidding. And if you news. want a preview, uh, you could always, if you get tickets and register for the auction, uh, you can get a preview of items that are available for the auction on your phone on the, on the Handbit app. And again, that's available. You can find links to that at our website, trailmixinc.org. Mark Putch and Ryan O'Shaughnessy of Trail Mix. A young bar-tailed gotwit appears to have set a nonstop distance record for migratory birds by flying at least 8,435 miles from Alaska to the Australian state of Tasmania. BirdLife Tasmania says the bird was tagged as a hatchling in Alaska during the Northern Hemisphere summer with a tracking GPS chip and tiny solar panel that enabled researchers to follow its first annual migration across the Pacific Ocean. Satellite data shows it left Alaska on October 13th and touched down again 11 days later in Tasmania. Guinness World Records lists the longest recorded migration by a bird without stopping as 7,580 miles by a bar-tailed godwit flying from Alaska to New Zealand in 2020. The Coast Guard cutter Kimball encountered a formation of Russian and Chinese naval ships near Alaska in September and it returned to its Honolulu home port on Friday. The Kimball and its crew covered more than 22,000 miles in over 100 days, connecting search and rescue fisheries enforcement patrols in the Bering and Chukchi Seas, earning the ship its first Coast Guard Arctic Service Medal. The encounter occurred during a routine patrol in the Bering Sea. The formation, which was transiting through the U.S. exclusive economic zone, did not enter U.S. territorial waters. The Kimball came within a mile of the naval ships, began and maintained radio contact, and ultimately ensured their presence was in accordance with proper international rules. Saturday was National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day, and Juno police participated in holding a drop-off event. Lieutenant Craig Campbell explained the process. 
National prescription drug take back event. It's sponsored through the DEA. Typically, we do two events a year one in April and one in October. And what we do is work with the community to have people come in and bring prescription drugs and drop them off so we can get them shipped out for disposal. And spoke to how the drugs are disposed of. We collect all the items, we box them up, we work with the DEA office in Anchorage and we ship it all to them, and then they dispose of it. Uh, And we collect stuff from today's event, as well as all the other prescription medications we've collected in our daily drop-off box, which is in the JPD lobby. Campbell spoke to why it's a good idea to dispose of prescriptions. Probably some of the best reasons is having unused prescription medication uh, just laying around house could potentially fall into kids' hands and things like that. Sometimes pills could potentially look like possible candy. Basically, what they're trying to do is prevent any accident exposure from people who are intentionally trying to take the medication or even people who are trying to take other people's medication to use that for purposes that it's not intended for. So- Campbell said they had a better turnout this fall than they did in back in April, with about 20 participants on Saturday. He also noted that a drop-off box remains available year-round in the Juneau Police Lobby. Yep, anytime that the lobby is open, someone can come here. Uh, like today, everything's anonymous. They just come in, bring their prescription drugs, drop off, and they get them disposed of. United Way spoke at the weekly Chamber of Commerce luncheon last week. ML Mackey of United Way talked about their mission main role is to link donors with need. What we try to do is is that we try to partner with those partners in order to address health, education, social service agencies in order to maximize community impact in the region. The United Way and our partner, partner agencies make a difference in the lives of children, adults, and families throughout Southeast Alaska. Andy Klein, Alaska Seaplanes Marketing Manager, is United Way's campaign chair thank the Board of United Way for inviting me to participate in this. It feels like a great opportunity to get to talk to people about connection with our community, making sure we have a strong community, and making sure that we're helping people uh, where they need help the most. And I think that's kind of the strength of United Way. It allows uh, us to give to one source that then manages how to apply that money in the most effective way for our community. And that's an exciting way of giving. Mackey talked about United Way's Day of Caring. United Ways all over the country participate in Day of Caring events September and October. Day of Caring is an annual day of volunteerism for nonprofit agencies in our local communities. Day of Caring is an annual day of volunteerism stretching back over 20 years. The United Way believes that by rolling up our sleeves to help our local nonprofit agencies with tasks they could not otherwise complete, our community and our neighbors may give back to their services. The Day of Caring is an annual tradition that matches nonprofits and businesses and individuals complete pre-arranged projects for these agencies. This September, we completed two days of caring events in Ketchikan and Juneau. And said Unite to Thrive is this fall. This fall, all four of the United Ways in Alaska have joined forces to create Unite to Thrive, split the pot raffle. The winner will get half of the income from all the tickets sold. Second prize is a pair of round-trip tickets on Alaska Airlines anywhere they fly. Additionally, there are private Prize, practice, uh, prize packages from each of our four United Ways. A detailed list of packages on our website um, uh, is viewable at unitedwaysek.org. Tickets are $10 each or 15 tickets for $100. Proceeds will be shared amongst the four United Ways in Alaska. 
Juno Douglas High School cheer coach Charlie Knorr talked about the Spirit of Fall Carnival that was held Saturday afternoon. It's our seventh annual Spirit of Fall Carnival. We haven't been able to have it for the last two years due to COVID, but it is one of our main fundraisers that we put on for a community event. We're really excited to be able to do it again after two years of not having it. She said it was the first time they partnered with other cheer teams. This year we've partnered with Husky Cheer, which is a combined cheer team between Thunder Mountain and JDHS for the football cheer team, and then also with JDH basketball cheer. And said JDHS basketball cheer has another fundraiser coming up soon. Basketball, we're just starting our preseason. Our season officially starts November 30th, but we do have a fundraiser for the basketball cheer team with JDHS. We are fundraising this season to qualify and hopefully go to nationals, so that is a big undertaking for our team. So we have the Royal Princess Celebration, and that is will be the fourth time we're doing that. Usually we have it in the summer, but this year just to do to conflicts, and that is a princess celebration that will be here at JDHS. It'll have games, a bouncy house, face painting, princess crafts and then we'll escort all the little princess and princess to the royal ball that'll be november 12th never miss a story or a newscast at keinyradio.com now you're up to date for news of the north this is kevin atlin